Welcome to the Growth Podcast, growing together through curious conversations. So welcome to the Growth Podcast, growing together through curious conversations. So today um, I'm very excited to have Charlie Beach here and we are going to be focusing um, our conversation today on coaching and mentoring. So in relation to helping NHS leaders to grow through coaching and mentoring, the lessons that um, we can learn from your career and currently the work that you're doing. So Charlie, would you like to start by just telling us a little bit about who you are? Yes, um, so Charlie Beach, um, now with Action Coach, previously a professional rugby player for 15 years, mm-hmm. um, straight out of school to Northampton Saints. I've been through London Wasps, Bath, uh, Leeds, Coventry and Doncaster, as well as a couple of stints in different countries and loan clubs in different places. So um been through the works on that front. <laughs> and then all of four months ago, um, I hung up my professional boots, I'm still playing, but so I hung up my boots slightly in that respect and, and stepped into business coaching. Wow, that sounds like an amazing career that you've had. Um, so only four months that you've been um, out of professional rugby. Yeah, a uh, decision came just so a few months before Christmas. Uh, different things lined up for me that, you know, continuing to play professionally just wasn't wasn't an option at that point. So um was very fortunate, went along, had a conversation with um, a friend of mine, someone I'd met through rugby. He introduced me to somebody else and within a week I was sitting behind a desk wearing a suit, which is an entirely different experience. Yeah, very different to wearing the uh, the usual kit that you've been used to, I imagine. Yeah, shorts in all weather is <laughs> the uh, the usual uniform. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so um, our podcast today is about coaching and mentoring for leaders in the NHS. Um, so do you want to just tell us a little bit about what coaching means to you in terms of this new career that you're working in right now as an action coach? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the reasons it's fallen so well for me. I've obviously been coached all my life um, in sport, but I think coaching's its own sort of delivery system. It can be anything that you're coaching. You just it's it's how well you can coach something. It's not specifically what that thing is. Mm-hmm. So a good coach in one area, if he was given he or she was given a different knowledge base, could coach well in another area. I feel there are some things that be specific, but I think it's the ability to transfer your knowledge over to somebody but also allowing them to grow enough to take it so it's not like teaching where you're just spilling it out it's sort of helping them get to a place where they're able to see it themselves because I think we learn best when we realise it for ourselves not just when we're told things um, so it's it's that sort of background so I'm currently learning the business side of things so my, my sort of business coaching is very new but coaching itself I've you know I've obviously been coached in rugby for a long long time I've been coaching in rugby for six seven years mm. um, initially men's teams up and down the country depending where I was playing um, of all sorts of different levels and um, most recently started a women's team which was an entirely different experience again because um, men's sport being so entrenched us most of us haven't played rugby and the levels I was coaching at the boys all had a basic knowledge of what it was they were they were doing so it's more fine tuning. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the women that turned up 
for the team when we started it from scratch. Some of those had never played rugby in their lives. Some of them had never seen a rugby ball. Wow. There's one lady, uh, 43 American lady, the only sport she'd ever done in her life was cheerleading. Oh, and actually a fantastic person to throw up in a lineup because she's a, a core <laughs> strength. Incredible. So it was, it was almost finding that as well as, as sort of part of the coaching. It's seeing what skills your people have. Mm that they may not necessarily see as being transferable yeah. and helping them see that, you know, it has worth, it has skill and how, how best we can use it. So, um, but for me, it was really going back to basics because I haven't taught anyone to pass a rugby ball in years. You know, with, we know how to pass a rugby ball. We can fine tune it, make it better. But for me to actually boil down to my very basics, I haven't learned that since I was six. Mm. So to then suddenly bring that forward was very new for me. So in a way, I, I had to relearn my approach to things and relearn how to do these things because they're, they're so instinctive by that point. Um, so yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoy coaching. I think it's helping people and I think that's what it's all about really, like yeah. helping each other through and um, whether that's sport, business or, or anything else really. Yeah. So some really interesting things that you said there, Charlie. So one being, this is about sharing our knowledge and experience with other people, but not necessarily telling them what to do, actually enabling them to find their own way forward in their decision making which is one of the things that we spend a lot of time talking about when uh, helping people to deliver and, and, and kind of grow in that space of coaching or mentoring and then I love that idea about helping people find their skills mm. so although they might have been a cheerleader before actually some of the skills are really transferable in this field of playing rugby mm. so again coaching helping people to really recognize um the, the strengths that they've already got and how to, to transfer those into other areas of their working lives or different areas of, of, of their lives generally. Yeah, it was, it was a big thing. Um, so for me, stepping out of rugby into business and having seen sort of other people doing the same transition or from similar areas into, into things, it's we all have a lot about us. We've all lived for as long as we've lived. We've all learned a lot of things and we may discount it because we know it, it's there, but mm -hmm. it's still something that has value and it's it's just seeing where that fits in the world and it can be a scary thing it was it was terrifying for me to realize that I couldn't play rugby anymore because you know it just it wasn't going to work with the life I was leading you know looking after my children doing what I need to do it, it, the two didn't mesh anymore yeah and always before my life had melded around my rugby I just sort of found a way of making that work but it got to a point where no life had to take that priority then um you know, I wasn't at a level now where I could say, no, I'm looking after my children and this will go after, rugby will come after it. And that, when you're playing premiership and you can sort of throw your weight around a bit more, you get away with that. But when mm. you're suddenly a bit lower level, they're like, no, you need to be here doing this. And, mm. you know, my choice was, no, I'm out. Yeah. So, but it was, it was, it was terrifying because, you know, formal qualifications, formal education, not no, nothing past A levels. And you sort of sit there and think, I've got nothing to give. You know, and then you, you take that step out and you realise there's, there's so much that you've got to give. And I think if you'd found someone earlier that could sort of sat there and been like, Do you know what, you've got this, this, that, 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 that would be really helpful somewhere else. It, it would have been fantastic for me. But um, I had to find out the hard way. But it's what we were saying with, with coaching. It's being ready to accept that lesson. I mean, I can't I lose count of times. I remember my dad or my mum when I was growing up they'd tell you something over and over and over again and you'd come home one day from school and be like oh you never guessed what my teacher told me today <laughs> and they'd be like I've been telling you this for five six years but you've got to be ready to take that lesson if someone just throws things at you and you're not open to it it, it doesn't stick yeah you know so it's so coaching it's as much about passing that knowledge on as making sure people are in the right place to pick it up really so um that's that's hopefully what I'm gonna try and bring across yeah 
I think that's really important to recognize that um, for people to be able to go through that coaching process, they have to be ready for it. Um, I work in lots of organizations and businesses that try and put coaching in place, but people are not coaching ready. Mm. So that is a really important thing that we need to recognize when we're helping people through this space. And um, you mentioned there about um, your kind of work life balance, which is often used, but I like to reframe that and flip it around to life work balance mm. um, and how important that was in the changing um, of your career and moving forward into this new space. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you hear it from all sorts of people and all sorts of things. And I think sometimes we feel being a professional sportsman is a, a, world, a world apart, a world alone. And we're, we are very privileged. It's, it's an incredible thing to have to do. But there's a lot of people out there who are probably putting themselves through the same for things that are far less glamorous. You know, I, I know one of my colleagues was one of these that would turn up at the office, you know, five o'clock in the morning. So he was the first one in, so he mm. could be seen to be the first one in. And he'd be there till eight o'clock at night, so he could be seen to be the last one out. And he was trying to show through that his level of commitment. And it's the same as so when, when you're a sportsman, there isn't ever really a period where you're not on because... You may go home, you may not have the coaches there, but you're being weighed every morning and you have that one night where you eat a bit more and suddenly <laughs> that's been found out. So there's there's never an off switch. So you, you sit there for everything you do is, is measured against, will someone else be doing better than me? Will someone else be pushing harder? Will someone else be you know, treating themselves less? Um, so it's a weird space in that I don't think there's a balance in as much as one becomes the other. Mm-hmm. So there is no escape from it. So yeah. you, you are you are your job, twenty four seven, three six five. You know, whereas other things you can kind of put down. Um, so no, it is it's, it is mentally very tough, and I think you have to become mentally very tough to put up with it. And I, I think the world's sort of finally waking up to the fact that we need as much, if not more, help on the mental side than we do on the physical one. I mean going off and exercising is great and it is great for your mental side as well but you know physical training we've we've got gyms we've got places you can go you get pts you can you know everything's around being healthy having that lifestyle and yet when it comes to the mental side of things we're almost ashamed to say that we need help um you know anyone that's thought to be going off for therapy is weird i mean that's you know there's that there and it's and it's stupid you know, it's it's the most ridiculous thing ever. Our brains are far more important. They're, yeah, absolutely. They, yeah, they start a lot earlier. We're than very the good at dealing does. with a broken leg, aren't we? But not yes. broken emotions. Yeah, well, it's, it's very obvious a broken leg as well. It's one of the things that is very much highlighted when you a sportsman. If you walk out with a cast and on crutches, everyone's got sympathy for you. Mm-hmm. You've got a broken leg. Yeah. But if you've your legs healed, but you're just a couple of weeks away because your muscles got to catch back up, it's not an obvious injury everyone in the world's telling you it's fake and you're not trying hard enough and yeah. oh come on mate you're alright get on the field and it's the same with your mental one there's no obvious men- so, you know, it's not like your head turns green when you've got a mental <laughs> illness is it so people just don't see it they just yeah. think there's someone acting strangely and you know the, like you said the scorn and the stigma that comes with that and I think we all need to open up to that a bit more and be a bit more understanding mm. of it yeah definitely it's time to talk day to day um so it's, it's really nice to be able to talk about some of those things around our well-being and mental health as mm. well, definitely. Um, so in relation to coaching then, um, what does what does coaching look like in your world? So when you're actually kind of practically coaching people, what does that look like? So um, from the business front, it can look as, it depends 
who you are, what it is you need, as to what level you're going in that. There's workshops we can run, there's presentations, there's seminars, there's one-on-one conversations. It can be a coffee, it can be mm. going for a board meeting somewhere and all the flip charts and everything else involved with it. It's, it's very much finding what that person needs. Um, like I say, it's, it's being open to coaching. One of the phrases you hear is being coachable. Yes. Um, the two dirty words they don't like in action culture I know and mm. they say the physical manifestation is that they're sitting there with their arms folded if you know when your arms are folded you're completely closed off you're never going to take anything new in so I they change that. I know into isn't that interesting so it's taking everything that comes at you and thinking is there is there value to that for me is there a way I can apply that um, it might not be it might be that you have had you, know, you, you may know that but hearing it from a slightly different perspective might be the thing you need and with anything with coaching you know you, you you have to invest the time into it and take on enough of those ideas eventually something will be something you don't know yeah. you know and that's the thing you're there for there's there's no one out there that can spend five minutes with you and identify 20 things that you need and every single second of that day is you know, learning and brand new and perfect you've, you've got to put the time in and commit that time mm. and just stick to what you know stick to those basics and do those well but also be open to new ones coming in and I think that's that's where the uh, yeah the arms folded don't say I know say isn't it interesting comes in I love that reframe it's such an interesting way to reframe that process one of the things that we've covered in this course is psychological safety Hmm. and we talk about learning safety so moving from this idea of I do know everything to actually being open to I don't know everything and that we have psychologically safe spaces to learn and grow with each other there's a very uh, good lyric in the middle of there's a song called Wayward Son and it's uh, if I claim to be a wise man it surely means that I don't know oh I love that yes yeah. it's in the middle of a rock song so you can find things anywhere if you look hard enough you can definitely it's just as you say it's been open to hearing some of this stuff and knowing that we don't know everything and being open to listen to other people's ideas and to ourselves as well mm. so that we can see where sometimes we're not growing and we need to. So what kind of skills do you think are important in relation to being a good coach or mentor? Patience uh, is a massive one, I think, because everyone that comes to you, no, well, no one is perfect, but most people that come to you, it's very rare that people come to you actually. I mean, that's most of my job initially has been going out there and speaking to people and sort of seeing how things are. And I can't tell you the amount of times I've been told over the last four months that we're absolutely fine, we don't need you. So you have to have patience, you have to be resilient, you have to know that what you're doing, you have to believe in what it is you're doing. Because if you don't, then you're going to listen to those people that say they don't need you, you're going to think there is no point to this and you give up on it. You've really got to believe that what you're trying to do is is worthwhile and I do I think you know business massive cause of stress for many many people and it's like it shouldn't be it should be fun you know most people set up a business because they love doing what they do and they want to do it all the time that makes sense that's what I did I'd love playing rugby so I play rugby all the time you know so it's it 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 should be fun and that's for me when rugby ended rugby stopped being fun and that was criminal so I stopped you know, yeah. and, and now I'm doing it for fun, it's great again, and it's that's how it should be. So it should be the same with business. So you've got to believe in what you're doing. I think you've got to have the patience because people won't see it straight away, and you've got to help them. You know, that's the point. You've got to help these people, and they will not see it straight away. They've not come to you mm. 
ready and open and, and raring to go. Um, you got a fair bit of empathy because you got to realise where they're coming from. They don't see it the way you see it. Most people don't see things the way we see things, and that lack of communication between what it is. You may think you're telling them something, but if you're not phrasing it or presenting it in the right way, they may not be ready to pick that up. So you've got to look for what it is they're trying to tell you. As a person being coached, you've got to realise that you know the person who's trying to help you, they, they are trying to help. They're trying to put it across as best they can. Good coaches see that and try a different angle. Bad coaches just hammer the same point over and over, harder and harder, louder and louder. You know, the classic Englishman abroad who, you know, if the, if what he asks for isn't understood, speaks English slower and louder. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any difference. The guy still doesn't understand English. But we try thinking that helps. And it's 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 that. So I think being adaptable as a coach as, as well, you know, trying to vary up how you put that message across because your way may not be the best way. The other people may need to learn different ways. Um, so, yeah. Patience, adaptability, and, and belief, really. Yeah, they're really great skills, aren't they, for, for having or being a, a powerful coach. I love those. I really like that metaphor as well of, you know, as a coach, it's really important. Bob Garvey uh, talks a lot about this in his work, that it's the coach's responsibility to change the questions mm. to make sure that we can really empower and grow other people um, and not just keep saying the same thing over and over again, but louder. I really like that metaphor. It's brilliant. So can I just ask you, Charlie, why do you do what you do now in terms of coaching? I like helping people. I like, I've always liked business. I've always think, thought it would be what I would want to do once you know I grew up. I'd run a business. Um, when I was at school, that was that was kind of the idea before rugby took off. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I firmly believe if we all help each other, it makes the world a better place. Mm. And I've suddenly got a job where I get to combine both and it yeah. fits. And do you feel like a grown-up now? I'm not sure that I'm, I am yet. I'm wearing a suit, so I feel, you know, some something's happened. <laughs> yeah. I think people stop asking that question, don't they, at some point in your life. What do you want to be when you're a grown-up? And I, and I still think I haven't decided yet. It's when somebody else's uh, mum, you see a young child and the mum will be there and they go from saying... You know, mind out for that boy over there to watch out for that man over there. That's that's when it's... Or get that man there to help you out with something. That's You've grown up then. Other people see you as well. When you're a man, yes. Um, so just kind of a final question, really, in relation to coaching. Um, are there any lessons that you've learned as a rugby player, being a professional rugby player, that you are able to bring into your coaching? Yeah, I mean, I think... One, it's, it's that... You learn sometimes more from bad coaches than you do from good ones. I think it's the same with experiences in life. Sometimes you learn far more from the bad ones than you do the good ones. And I think through 15 years of, say, professional, but sort of many years before that with people's dads and bits and bobs, if you if you sit there and look hard enough, you, you realise that the bad experiences teach you an awful lot more. And that where someone just says the same thing over and over again and you say, like, I just don't understand what it is you're asking of me you know that um he says oh you have to you know turn out when you do this so you work out what you think that means and mm. you do it because you're trying to learn you're trying to listen no no, no turn out and you're like i don't understand what that means you know you have to tell me what turn out means and they, they roll their eyes or go get somebody else who does do it right you know and it, it's it's that it's knowing that 
I may feel that I'm delivering the best lesson in the world. But maybe 10% of the people in that room will pick that up as I present it. Mm. So if I want to reach 100% of the room, and that's the goal, I have to present it in different ways for every person there. And if that means it takes longer, that means it takes longer. And it's having that sort of patience to sit there and say nobody, or very few people, I've met a few, but there's very few people who don't want to have a better, happier life and aren't willing to kind of put a bit of work in towards it. Yeah. Unless they think they're perfect and, yeah. That would be a great day when we're all perfect, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it just? But, you know, I think the moment you believe you are, you've, you're stuffed. So we've all got to keep moving. Keep moving, keep growing. We're really interested in having growth mindsets in the growth pod, obviously. Um, so, yeah, we definitely uh, advocate for that. Okay, so, um, Charlie, you're ready for our finishing round? Yes. Okay, so um, our final round is planting uh, the seeds for growth. Um, so at the Growth Pod, we're interested in active learning. And for us, active learning is a deeper level of learning that is activated into the workplace to change behaviour, which enables growth and development. So with that in mind, can you think of one thing that our listeners can do today to activate a piece of knowledge that you shared with us in the workplace? Yeah, I think one of the things that we talk about a lot it's your view on how things come towards you. And I say, like, that person who's presenting an idea, or if they're shouting at you, or if they're doing something and you don't understand where they're coming from, things going in on in your life, saying, like, you can learn a lot more from negatives you can from positives sometimes. It's how you perceive what's going on around you that makes a big difference. So we talk about there being a line, and you can go below the line, you know, and if you think about it, you're on a boat, so I, I like to think of it as a boat because of the words that come through with it. If you sink into blame, if you sink into excuses, if you sink into denial, if you're in a boat and it sinks, you end up in the bed. So blame, excuses, denial, bed. If, however, you take ownership, you take accountability for your actions, you take responsibility, you end up with an oar. And then you can keep moving. Oh, wow. I love a metaphor. There you go. Anything to do with metaphors, Erin. Okay. I love that. Thank you. Um, and at the Growth Pod Wellbeing is embedded into the core of our business. So can you show uh, with us one practice that you engage in that enhances or maintains your wellbeing? I mean, it sounds obvious from an ex-sportsman, but exercise, it's a massive thing. I know we say mental, mental health is, to me, more important than your physical health at times, but your physical health will improve your mental health. It's, they're tied up together. So if you're not looking after your body, you won't look after your mind. So you've got to look after both. Um, I'm perhaps at the moment not looking after my body as well as I once did. Uh, but I'm turning the corner. I'm trying to find my own way to do it rather than being shouted at for the first time ever. So I enjoyed Christmas for the first time in many years properly, yes. I feel. Uh, well, we're here today at the beautiful Acorn Wellness Retreat. So maybe this will trigger you to start thinking about your physical health. It's open. <laughs> um, and then finally, do you have a poem or an inspiring quote that you can share with us? Um, I do. The poem, as a poem, means it meant a lot to me when I read it. And unfortunately, I can't remember a huge amount of it. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you something else as well. But there's a poem called The Man in the Glass by, I think his name's Dale. Uh, I forget his last name. Maybe Unfortunately, can... Winton's jumping on my head, but it's clearly not him. Um, it's about you know being happy with a man in a glass. You know, so when you stand and look in that mirror, it's it's knowing that you've you've done well. But um, as I can't remember that, and you wanted a, a poem, um, there was one that my form tutor in my upper school had printed up on the wall, 
Um, and he was a massively under- misunderstood man, I feel. And uh, I think I owe an awful lot of where I am to him. And it was if uh, you can feel it, if you can feel each unforgiving minute with 60 seconds of distance run, yours is the earth and all that's in it. And what's more, you'll be a man, my son. Wow, that's incredible. So, and incredible that you could remember it. So. Oh, he's, he, it was every day it was up there on the wall, sat there. I th- I th- it's, it's part of a much longer poem. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm sure people will be screaming at me that they know what it is and I don't but um, well, maybe I we just think find... it's the message Yeah, you know, just live each minute don't sit there wasting the time if you can make the best use of all that time you, you know, you'll, you'll go somewhere Yeah, and we can find the, the poem and the man in the glass as well we'll, yes. we'll, put, it, we'll put it as a link into, a, Good. into our conversation today so Charlie thank you so much for uh, joining us on the podcast, if anybody wants to learn more about you how might they do that? Um, so I'm on LinkedIn, so they can uh, look for me there personally. Action Coach has its own website, so they can look on there as well. Um, yeah, social media can be used as a wonderful thing, so yeah. let's try and use it that way. And again, we'll put put the links to uh, where we can find you at the bottom of our um, summary sheet. Perfect. Fabulous. Thank you so much for joining us today, Charlie. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. No problem. Thank you. This Curious Conversation was brought to you by GrowthPod, creating positive pathways to change. For more information about how GrowthPod can support your people, leaders or organisation through training or coaching, visit our website www.growth-pod.co.uk.